Get Into Geek, and this is episode two of Marvel TV, phase two, talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier. My name is Mitch. Back with me again, we have Maddie Gibson. Hello. Hello, sir, and welcome again to Emma. Hello. Hello, hello, indeed. Here we are, two weeks on. We've got two more episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And, you know, it's no surprise considering when this episode will be uploaded, but uh, we are here with another screen, at least in front of me. I know maddie has been walking past his TV and it's just staring at him because episode five of Falcon and Winter Soldier has literally just dropped. And here we are recording our podcast uh, review of episodes three and four, but we had to get it out because if the last few minutes of episode four or anything to go by we're going to have enough to talk about in episode five as it is so we needed to come in here and just sort of spew everything out about the power broker and the whole world is watching so uh we're going to talk about two episodes but i guess it all started with zemo uh we got the very faintest little glimpse of him at the end of episode two and then since then, I know, Emma, you at least in our chat uh, off air, you said <laughs> it may as well be Zemo, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He's the main star at the moment. Yeah, I remember like, you know, last week when we were talking about, you know, finding that thing that kind of hooks you. For me, it's 100% Zemo. Like, give me <laughs> an eccentric, quirky bad guy that's like kind of playing for the good guys, but definitely has his own agenda. I'm in, 100% I'm in. It's hard to believe it's only been two weeks since Zemo took over the internet. Like <laughs> we've, it's, It just feels like so much longer since we saw the Zemo dance, but yeah. it's only been two weeks, which is so bizarre. And I love that, that everyone like just went so nuts on that so much to the point where like, Marvel's YouTube channel uploaded like an what was it, an hour long or three hours yeah. long just loop of just that little five seconds of him doing that little dance and I'm just yeah. like well he couldn't be in the show he couldn't be more anti like Wyatt Russell's character so, but it's, in like real life it's the same thing it's like the fandom has just refused to accept Wyatt Russell and just are in love with Zemo it's yeah. so bizarre so bizarre. <laughs> Did you actually catch that when it first happened? That because we really only saw what that one and a half, two seconds of him sort of doing the little downwards pump mm-hmm. in the actual cut of the episode. Like if anything, the, the the club scene itself felt kind of redundant because they went there, they're looking around, and then all of a sudden I think Zemo comes up and goes, "I know where we need to go. Let's go." And then all of a sudden they were on the docks and it was daytime, so it kind of felt like it was one of those scenes that you could have probably cut out and left on the editing room floor, but. For all of that, there was still that one second that really stood out. And I'm like, God, that's a really bad dance. But I guess, hey, I'm a white guy too. I'm a horrible dancer. And I don't know what this guy's really like. And in the end, he's like upstairs. He's such an egomaniac. He probably doesn't care how he looks. He probably thinks he looks awesome. And then, yeah, six days later, it's like the Zemo cut is here. Sure, the Snyder cut took over a couple of weeks ago. That's that's old news. Here's 26 seconds. And if you want more, go on and get an hour. Like a I, I just can't imagine how this show must look to people that don't watch it when this is this became the advertising tool for two weeks was a guy dancing very badly in a club mm. with no dialogue for tw- 30 seconds on Instagram. And in I'm a, all about a, it. In a purple coat with a lamb's wool collar, like a, pop, <laughs> a popped lamb's wool collar. Yeah. It's like, so what, cool. Yeah. What, is it, what is our life at the moment? 
on that, I guess, like, I think, because I love Daniel Brühl, I, I probably, like a lot of people, I was introduced to him through Inglorious Bastards. What was that, 2009, I want to say, the, the Tarantino film? And he was so good in that. And he's just got that delicious German accent. And he had it again in uh, in Civil War. I almost want to say that now, five years on, I think his English has got a little bit better to the point where I think if I didn't know that the guy was German, I would think that he was putting on a fake German accent and that he doesn't know how to do it as well anymore because I feel like his English is a lot better now and he doesn't have, again, that like real curl around the tongue German-English accent. And it probably matches a little bit with him playing a little bit more for the good guys now. And I'm like, I guess, mm. yeah, you seem a little bit more on track with these guys you talk a little bit more like these guys but you're also kind of working for them and you don't seem as evil on screen every time i see you whereas civil war he didn't have any powers he didn't have a lot of weapons or anything but every time i saw him i was afraid of this guy so i don't know whether now i'm in this false sense of security with two episodes to go i'm not necessarily afraid of him like i am the flag smashers because they have these superpowers or evil captain america because he's a bit of a loose cannon at the moment like zemo's just sitting there in, you know, in the shadows, dropping out of sewers in the bathrooms in in, in weird places that shouldn't exist. Bribing kids with candy. <laughs> Turkish delight. Irresistible. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's, yeah. Anywhere else that'll get you arrested, handing out Turkish delights yeah. to kids in the street. So, I I think his I think his accent is kind of perfect in in terms of the MCU. I mean. You know, with Wanda, we know Sokovian accents are just, you know, just dip in and out. So he's just matching mm. in perfectly with, <laughs> with Wanda's whole backstory, just being like, you know, sometimes I'm Sokovian, sometimes I'm not. <laughs> the way that it started that first episode, I, it was pre-credits and Zemo had already broken out of jail. And I'm like, yep. God, that seemed a little, it's a little too Easy. quick. Yeah. And it really fed off, I think, what we said in our last podcast about episodes one and two. There's so much going on. And for a lot of it, it seems you know appropriately paced. Like, really, the first episode, post that um, uh, big action scene at the start, it was all character stuff, a lot of talking, a lot of dialogue. Episode two ups the ante a little bit, but they still seem to be just rushing a lot of story stuff and a lot of character stuff and a lot of decision making. And then come episode three, and I'm like, oh, Zemo, good. We're going to get taken back a little bit to the time of Civil War. And it's like, yeah, he just breaks out of jail, pre-credits, bang. Oh, by the way, I've got this underground lair full of cars and a mask and all this money. Did I tell you I'm a baron? I'm totally rich. (laughs) Whoa, slow down. Am am I still just hanging on to this? Am I I full of shit, or does anyone share this with me? No, yeah, I I definitely get those kind of vibes with it, too. The writing just seems like it is rushed and they are just trying to cram stuff in where they can. And like exposition is okay when it's done in the right way. But when it's just like, oh yeah, I'm a baron. Didn't you know? It's like, okay, (laughs) that's a bit in your face, you know, like obviously most people know that he is a baron just from like the comics and that kind of stuff. But just for them to kind of just slap you in the face with like information is just a bit much. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like what Mitch was saying. It's like the way he just broke out of prison so quickly. I was like, Shouldn't he be like in the raft, like you know the other people, like like Ant Man and and Fal? Oh, not Falcon. Fal- yeah, Falcon and and um, Hawkeye and all that. They ended up in the raft. So I'm like, like it made sense that Zemo was in Germany or wherever he was, like where he did all those horrible things during Civil War. But it's like, so what is the raft only for? Like 
American prisoners? Like, <laughs> like, or is it an international? Like, I don't, I don't quite understand that. So I was like, I feel like someone of his, the stuff he was able to do, and the fact that he like killed a bunch of Winter Soldiers in Russia, and like he did, he, he you know, he got around with his crime. Yeah. I feel like you know the the raft would would have been a good place for him, but now he's just like yeah, I'll just break out of this place. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, and, and it had like I kind of like the way that it was edited. It was a bit you know heist movie type thing where I, I do like the way that they do that in some movies where you know you'll have someone telling another character the plan while you're then watching the plan happen later. Except it was kind of mm. reverse here where Bucky was saying, well. I mean, you know, this is what he might do and this is what could happen. They're like, well, we're definitely not going to let that happen. And then all of a sudden he just walks into the room. Whoa. Ah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, well, what are you doing here? I didn't want to tell you because I knew you wouldn't let this happen. Okay? What did you do? We need him, Sam. You're going back to prison. If I may. No! Apologies. When Steve refused to sign the Sokovia Accords, you backed him. You broke the law and you stuck your neck out from me. I'm asking you to do it again. I really think I'm invaluable. Shut up. Part of me wants to know why he's still bothered because once he'd broken out of jail, they just kind of had to believe that he would still come to yeah, meet sure. where they... Yeah, which he did and he's still, mm. short of, you know, dropping out underneath the bathtub in episode four, he has done exactly what they wanted him to do as far as we know like he hasn't taken i think a number of easy outs where he could have just bailed and and left like you know, maybe sure he's going to go get captured very easily but i feel like maybe he'd be able to you know hide in the shadow somewhere i can't believe you pulled in your trouble i can what i was worried about though in episode three with a lot of the the baron drops and saying yeah i'm totally rich i've got this butler who's been waiting for me for years and i've got this private jet and oh my god i used to do all this sort of stuff it's like when civil war while they could have just had that as any random sokovian and not made that sokovian well that we're going to make baron zemo that guy helmet zemo that guy because in the comics, this is he's a he's a known Captain America villain. So to change so much about him and make him just this ordinary Joe who was this soldier who lost his family and that was his motive and he otherwise had no means and no resources. Like he was very much the MacGyver bad guy. He had nothing to work with, yet he got the job done. He's one of the few successful villains in this entire franchise. I started to worry. I'm like, are they retconning this when this is it'd be different if this was old school Netflix or Agents of Shield and it's sort of like adjacent but i'm like are you just feeling gaps or are you retconning so i i think i'm mm. comfortable with it now that it's like a well we're filling in gaps that you never knew existed and you're just gonna have to be okay with that but i almost want to ask you emma first because i dare say you haven't re-watched civil war as much as maddie and i have and probably certainly yeah. not as recently as we have Most so did, watched <laughs> did, do you feel like this fits with the guy that you remember from that movie five years ago, or do you still feel like maybe in the time since you've rewatched it, that they've changed too much to make it uh, fit with this show? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, like you said, I have not seen that film in, I want to say at least three years, which oh. don't shame me too hard for that. My heart. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> but from what I do remember, he didn't seem like, you know, he came from royalty, like he said, you know, he he definitely didn't have kind of the swagger and the the attitude that he has in this series. What I was hoping for was, and I could be wrong here, but my memory of how Zemo works in the comics 
is he's just the latest Zemo. It's like it's like you know oh. Zemo, the, like Captain America used to fight the first Baron Zemo back before he was mm. frozen. Like he was one of his villains there, and then this is like his great 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 grandson or whatever you know, however it you know however long it's been. Um, so I, I for a minute I thought they were going to go there. And like when they introduced him, oh yeah, I'm a Baron, and we were going to get a little bit into his heritage, and maybe they were going to play into that kind of thing. But they haven't. I guess it's just one of those, you know, MCU things they do where they change things around where they need to, like making Hella Loki's sister instead of Loki's daughter, and you know things like that, just to kind of streamline it a little bit. But Emma was right earlier too that it's very odd the the pacing of everything. I find like it's. We spend so much time on things I didn't think we would spend a lot of time on and the things I think we should spend time on, we just slip straight by. Like, and as cool as it was to see the Dora Milaje in episode four, I'm like, did we need this whole Wakanda sub-story here? Like, it just feels, given that we've only got six episodes, it feels like we spent a lot of time for little payoff. I mean, we might we might get more mm-hmm. in, in episode five, I don't know, but it just seems like a lot. To, um, yeah. to put into the episode it's it's they've got too many kind of storylines i think happening at the moment what with like zemo and the wakandans and and then obviously the flag smashes and now like obviously the new captain america is bad guys like there's just too much for them to kind of try and focus on and because mm. of that it's just gotten really messy Especially when we come into this knowing what we've just seen with one. I know WandaVision had shorter episodes, but it was like, we're telling essentially a very small story in nine episodes. Yeah. And this is like, we're going to tell a much bigger story in six episodes with more central characters, essentially, and more that you already know, but we're going to delve into their backstories and highlight them. And we're not even going to introduce the, the what we thought was going to be the villain with uh, Baron Zemo until episode three. You know, we're not even going to have the main two characters get together until episode two. And it's like, are you going to suddenly drop two or three extra episodes that we don't know? Because I feel like you're going to run out of time. Now, come yeah. episode, I, I think episode four for me is the best of the four so far. I felt like that was the best paced episode. I would say the very scene that you're talking, well, actually, the not so much the Wakandan subplot, but when the Dora Milaje show up in the hotel room and they have a scuffle with Captain America. And it was, I just, that took me out. I'm like, why are we doing this? Just, it just seemed really messy. And I'm like, I don't think the Dora Milaje would do this. They would find a way to not, they would find a way to stop that fight before it started. Mm. And I know that John Walker was the one that kind of pushed it further because he's there going, you don't have jurisdiction here. And it's like, dude, this isn't America. You don't have jurisdiction here either so shut up and there was that one line the dora milaje have jurisdiction wherever the dora milaje find themselves to be i can see how it would be it was supposed to be perceived as badass when the dora milaje were like we have jurisdiction wherever we go i was like Mm. do you though like you're badass and i believe you and i'm i would i would totally back down if you said that but realistically that's a super arrogant line especially from (laughs) a country that only a couple of years ago had its borders closed and nobody knew what they were about. And now suddenly like, here we are, we have jurisdiction wherever we want. It's like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I just want to put a pin in that and be like, we'll see. We'll see. Mm. (laughs) Like if Black Panther got arrested, you know, in, in um, civil war, I feel like the Dora Milaje could be arrested as well. You know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I just felt like that scene, it, it, it was, 
again, it was the only scene that really pulled me out. I think the rest of the episode really flowed, really built really, really well all the way up until the end. It was just that bathroom scene. It was like, we need Zemo to escape. We need these two to have a conflict. And it was like, so they're just going to scuffle around while I think for the most part, you know, uh, Bucky and um, Sam were just watching, kind of getting involved, but kind of not. And then at the end, it's like, oh, where's Zemo? Oh, he slipped away, dagnamit. He went into the bathroom and shut the door and pushed the bathtub out of the way. And there's just a sewer there, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes. And I'm just like, oh, God, I'd... that's to me what we've been talking about is they needed to get here. And so let's just, you know, let's just fill in the gaps. But um, I think the the whole kind of thing, it makes sense. Like if Zemo, he killed their king. So if mm. he got out of jail, they probably would come looking for him and they would assume jurisdiction, whether or not they do or whatever. I can, I'll, I'll forgive that for a second because it's not really what I'm talking about. But with it come some real-world questions, not in-world but our-world questions because it's like if that happened, would the Dora Milaje be the ones to do it or would T'Challa be the one to come? And mm. even if you go, well, okay, no – and it works out very well for this show that they used the particular Dora Milaje soldier that they did because she was the same Ayo. actress that was with Ayo. She was with T'Challa in Civil War. She was like his bodyguard in that film. There was no um, Shuri wasn't there. There was no Okoye until Black Panther. So the fact that they could use her from the film where T'Challa was chasing Bucky to then weave her into this and go, oh, she was the one in charge of helping him along now she's the one sent to talk to him about why he freed the guy that killed their king but it's like okay we're at the point where as far as we know marvel have said twice i think very strongly we are not replacing chadwick boseman as t'challa but in world at this point as far as we know t'challa he survived the events of endgame he was at tony's Mm. funeral wasn't he uh this is only six months on he's still alive so the fact that he's not showing up and then we get Black Panther 2 and I've still got a, a theory that maybe Black Panther 2 is going to take place within the five years of the snap. But if it doesn't, it's like Ooh. you're raising questions about, well, he's definitely out there, but we're representing him. And then you're going to get make this movie going, yeah, he's not around anymore. And we're going to have to sort of kill him off screen because they said, we're not going to replace him, but we're still going to explore Wakanda and the world of Wakanda without him. And it's like, but he would be a part of that world. He's the king. He's the Black Panther. He's not just going to always be off screen somewhere. So I think it makes sense for this story in a way, but it also raises some questions and causes some problems that it didn't need to by doing that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think my kind of theory going going forward and has been since probably episode two is that by the end of these six episodes, Sam will no longer be Falcon. He will be Captain America and Bucky will no longer be the Winter Soldier. He will be the White Wolf. And I mm. think that's why we're getting the Dora Milaje in there. It's a, it's a nice touch to Civil War and it makes sense that they want to see Zemo behind bars. But I think also, and especially with episode four with, um, I don't know whether it's Ayo or one of the other Dora Milaje, disconnected Bucky's arm. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. always that little, you know, they knew how to, how to deactivate it. So to me, that that reinforces the fact that I think by the end of this, like by the end of episode six, he'll he'll get a new white arm that won't be able to disconnect it or something, and he'll he'll be the white wolf. That's that's where I'm headed anyway. So I think that that is one of the reasons why we had to have that Wakanda connection um, and the Dora Milaje. Did you know they could do that?
No. Which it was a nice moment, like that moment of of Ao testing Bucky's Bucky's trigger words and him not reacting and then like just falling apart out of just sheer relief and joy. That was a, that was a pretty awesome moment to watch. Like that was really, that was really touching. So um, I, I really liked that moment. It almost made it worth it in the long run. And you know me, I've, I've got that big supercut of the MCU in chronological order. So when that came aboard, I'm like, Oh baby, I know where that's going to go. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Did that? I know that sort of set the uh, internet on fire a little bit. Did you? Were you guys that worried that that there was like a fail-safe switch in his arm? That didn't bother me. That just made it cool that she knew that it was like it made sense to me. I didn't bother. Yeah, me. Yeah. Well, that it's that like was... well, his his original Winter Soldier arm didn't have that because they were using like Porby Hydra technology. Like Hydra technology, as advanced as it is, is nothing compared to Wakandan technology. So it's like, well, when his arm got cut in what we didn't see after um, Civil War is obviously they would have had to have removed a lot of that. The Wakandans put in that port so that, you know, he didn't just have half a metal arm dangling. They would have had to have gotten rid of all that. And then he was just living as, you know, Jesus White Wolf out in the Wakandan plains. <laughs> and they had that backup, backup arm there, you know, that obviously would have had to like, you know, go go gadget connect in so it makes sense that it would disconnect like if anything ever went wrong with it it would have to i didn't see it as what the internet was saying about how oh it's because they did 100 percent know if they could trust bucky they built in a fail safe blah blah it's like no it just it's just practical to make sure that a part can be removed if it gets damaged and they can yeah. easily replace yeah. it with something else i mean how else does he go swimming <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are, you, are we saying that Wakandan technology isn't waterproof? Are you waterproof. saying, are you saying a Samsung is more technologically advanced than Wakandan technology? I don't know, man. We're talking about robot arms. Is Bucky like if Bucky gets that wet? Is he gonna have to put that thing in a really, really, really big bag of rice? Big is that what rice, we're saying? Yeah. I'm down for that. I want to see that. Um, the other thing that set the internet on fire this week was the end of uh, episode four, um, black or white. Emma, was John Walker right or was he wrong? Uh, he's one hundred percent wrong. He's a bad. He's a bad guy. This is very obviously what they're stepping him up. He's gonna be a bad guy. You can't stand there dressed in Captain America's uniform, holding his shield covered in blood. Mm-hmm. That's that's literally in Amsterdam, in a foreign country, in a foreign like, country. Just... Literally. And I know there's been a lot of a lot of people have been sort of being like, oh, that's so wrong, that's so wrong, or you know, and then other people are going, oh, well, Steve Rogers killed people, and it's like, yeah, but that was during World War Two. That's mm-hmm. not just like hunting <laughs> down a guy in the street and bludgeoning yep. him to death with a symbol the symbol of like hope and protection. I don't like, think he ever actually decapitated anyone. No. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that I've always loved about Captain America is. His weapon that he chose is a defensive weapon, not an, yeah. not an offensive weapon. He chose to be a shield, to be a defense. Uh, so, like to yeah, to use that as an in an offensive way and like potentially de- like decapitate and bludgeon this guy, and then to see blood splatters on the shield is just so unsettling mm. and unnerving. If you had the chance to take the serum, would you do it? Hell's yeah. You wouldn't be worried about how it might how it might change you. I mean, power just makes a person more of themselves, right? 
Carly Morgenthau, Steve Rogers. And me. Yeah, it was a funny Saturday morning to wake up and to jump on Twitter. It's really fun at any time to jump on Twitter and just see what the world is shooting itself over. But um, people having to like make a point saying, how do people not understand that he did the wrong thing? Like there was there were a lot of people that were going, he did nothing wrong in that last five minutes. Like the fact that his friend oh got killed God. and then he killed someone because of it. They're like, well, obviously that's justice. And it's like, cool. But you understand that you're watching a spin-off mm. from Captain America and you're probably doing that because you liked the Captain America stuff and you probably liked the Captain America stuff because you liked who that guy is and that guy wouldn't do this. In fact, mm. this mirrors the exact ending of Civil War where he did the exact freaking opposite to what John Walker just did. And he had every opportunity and every reason and he was in private. He could have just as easily killed Tony and defended his friend and went, let's fuck off and let's go live together forever and get away from this shit. No, he did the right thing and he was all like i'm just i'm stopping you i'm not going to end you i'm going to stop you and i'm going to look after my friend and i'm doing maybe the wrong thing but for the right reasons or something like that so i just i just couldn't believe there was such an argument about it anyone who thinks that um john walker did the right thing is the it's the same reason why there's a mass shooting in the united states every other week Like, like if you think john walker did the right thing what is what is uh what is ron weasley saying harry potter you need to sort out your priorities (laughs) come on man another harry potter reference oh thank you i was about to say that can we make that a running thing like every podcast was this you know let's not plan it let's just see what happens let's get one (laughs) those are those are my two favorite harry potter quotes i have to say Um, the other returning character I did want to bring up because, you know, I felt like we were going to get a lot more of her in the first two episodes. But like Zemo was like, no, you got to wait. Was uh, was Sharon Carter. I, you know, we got little bits and pieces of her in epi- uh, episode two, Captain America 2. I've done it again. And she was pretty kick-ass in that because, you know, she was deceptive because she's part of Nick Fury's team. And then after that, she was like standing up against all those Hydra agents within S.H.I.E.L.D. and telling them to go and F themselves. And she was on Cap's side and didn't matter what else she had to destroy as long as she stood for the right thing. And then, you know, helped them out in uh, in Civil War as well has obviously been on the run here. So I'm glad we're getting more of her because I like the dynamic obviously she had with Steve, mm. but now she gets it with her best friends. Obviously, there were theories online that she was going to be the power broker, but I think... Uh, she is. I call it. I'm saying it now. You, I'm you're saying still it now. calling it. Nah. I'm still calling it. And we and put on the record, we haven't seen... Ep- none of us have seen episode five yet. I'm on That's the true. record saying she is either the power broker or the power broker's like number one lieutenant. Yeah, calling I, it. I might believe with, that with more the way the... she's been playing the pronoun game. When like in episode four, when she's like, "Oh, the power broker's really angry." Bitch, you're talking yeah. in third person right now. You are talking <laughs> about yourself. <laughs> and then I love that the internet has even gone into the whole deep dive of that that weird, creepy Apple cult thing where villains in movies and TVs are not allowed to use Apple. Apple have forbidden it. Oh yeah. So. Apple, if, if you if you are it ruins some movies would be if you are ever watching a whodunit movie and there's a character using an iPhone, they are good people. Wow. Uh, yeah. Villains are not allowed to use iPhones, and Sam has an iPhone. I mean, Bucky has his flip phone burner, which I fucking loved death. <laughs> um, but Sharon Sharon Carter, no iPhone. Oh wow. And some someone was even saying the the head of the flag smashers. What's the character's name? Kari or Carly or whatever it is. Carly. 
Yeah, when she was on the phone to Sam's sister, she was using an iPhone. Oh, God damn it. That's some bullshit. I mean, I she just... did kill all those people in that um, in that explosion, so I feel like that's a real grey area. Mm. But Yeah, I don't know. Just put it out all, there. Just put it the out The whole there. concept was, well, I mean, what I got from it was that the power broker kind of gained his power, their power, uh, during that time of the snap. So when the world was still kind of very much in chaos and trying to bounce back from losing half the population, this shadowy person kind of rose up and, and took an opportunity to take control, basically. And she disappeared in the snap, didn't she? Yeah, she was she was blipped away, which so. apparently people confirmed only just recently, like if you really, really look closely during um, Endgame, as they're rolling through like the screens and stuff, they do like Nick Fury. And then as the camera pans away, you just see sort of Sharon Carter there. And it's, and I, I totally, I totally buy that as well, but it's only because, only because she seems so disaffected now. Like she's so just like, Oh, well, you know, I helped you guys out and you guys left me out to hang out to dry. So did shield. So did the American government. I've been on the run and had to do my own thing. That's what makes me think. And it would be a, I just think it'd be really interesting character development for Sharon like I I honestly and I can I can admit I'm guilty of never really giving Sharon a second thought after Civil War because I just assumed she would have been looked after like everyone yeah. else was I yeah I know like it, it was silly of me to think about it because it's like oh yeah well like Steve and Sam and Nat were like on the run so it, it would be weird for Sharon to have gotten a pardon to help them out like, and it's like an Ant-Man and, and Hawkeye had to cut deals and be like on, on house arrest and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. yeah, so I just, I just think it would be a really cool way to sort of bring Sharon back into it as, um, as an interesting, as an interesting character and just play that, that gray area. I'm, I'm sure by the end, she'll be the good guy again. You know, she'll, she'll come back to the, to the good guys, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I wanted, I wanted to be the power broker. It would be cool to have like a, a female bad guy like top well yeah i mean marvel been saying for a while like they, they're trying to you know increase that all, all we've really had is what hella ghost and even ghost wasn't she was just yeah. misunderstood more than anything well and yeah she was a she was a tool being manipulated mm. so let me let me check my action figures <laughs> no that's yeah that's, that's kind of it yeah i guess aside, aside from um proxima midnight like thanos's little um uh, extra extra child like so it would be a cool way to sort of add in and someone that we're not going to kill that's one that one thing i love about this show is that civil war learnt hey let's not kill off all the bad guys by the end of the movie let's keep them around which is what you need for zemo so i kind of like the idea of it's like well sharon can be the power broker and we can like quote unquote redeem her by the end of it if you know yeah. possibly but that does leave things open for later on and then later down the track she can user sneaky connections and and underhanded things and i don't know i just kind of like it and i kind of like the the twisted nature of her finding if, if she's the one who found this doctor and said i want you to recreate the super serum soldier uh mm. super soldier serum because the world needs another cap she was actually doing it for altruistic reasons she's like yeah. the world needs another cap i'm gonna find another cap because we need we need that we need that hero. We need that symbol. 
after like oh i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it that's <laughs> all right you kind of you convinced me a little bit you convinced me a little bit. i just the, the i mean having said that, that i was still i was still team mephisto in in one division so yeah, i could be totally right. wrong totally wrong <laughs> It would just irk me a little bit because it's like it's very lazy to just be like, "Oh, there's this mysterious person. Guess who it is?" Yeah, mm. it is. It is very MCU though because in the comics, the power broker is who gave John Walker his powers, and it's like John Walker in the comics isn't like a super soldier serum guy. He got his powers like in, I think a mystical way, like a magicy mystically way. Oh. So I kind of like the idea that. Yes, and the MCU are using the power broken name, but they're just making him like a like or him or her like a thug, just like a you know, uh, almost like a kingpin character. Mm. Yeah. Well, that that's what mm. someone online is. You know, it was probably just someone on Twitter commenting on something from Vincent D'Onofrio, and he just tweeted something wonderful as he does. He's the nicest guy on the internet. Like he's just saying something wonderful about something, and someone commented can't wait to see you as the power broker in episode five and i'm like oh don't <laughs> that don't would be tease. epic don't you dare tease me like it would make no sense because kingpin is so tied to new york he loves hell's kitchen and he loves new york he lives and breathes and will would die for new york that he would just up and go to some mad reports it's it's in an asian undisclosed asian country is it or something it, like that? yeah it's, it's a it's one of those like um marvel countries it's a country that yes. it's like wakanda it's a yeah it's right. a country they made up in the comic books but yeah it is like an east east asian country i believe okay yeah like he wouldn't just up and go there just so he could be like a crime lord it's like no he would do that in new york especially if he rose to power during the snap ah but if madripoor doesn't have an extradition treaty Maybe he's hiding out there. Well, he does. He would need that. So I'm like, I, it, it, mm. that's not. I mean, Sharon's Sharon's hiding out there. Yeah, but at least we've seen. I would. Sharon. I would love the idea of like introducing Kingpin in this, and then introducing Matt Murdock in the third Spider-Man film as Peter Parker's lawyer. You know, yeah. just little things like that. Like we don't even need to see uh, Charlie Cox in the costume. Just have him be Matt Murdock. That's all Absolutely. I want. All I Mate, want. You are preaching to the choir and you are giving me more hope than I deserve because you know <laughs> how badly I want Daredevil, Kingpin and Punisher as well. In the, in the, I mean, bring them yeah, all. Well, bring Jessica yeah. Jones over. But, you know, like especially... If oh, Jessica two, before Punisher any day. Well, sure. If you're going to give me two, give me Kingpin and give me Daredevil. So... Yeah, it's, it's, that's not happening. I don't know who it is, but it, it, it's it probably makes <laughs> it probably makes more sense that it is going to be Sharon, just from a show point of view. Like we've got two episodes to go now. The the big talk is that episode five is going to introduce someone, someone from the comics, someone from Marvel history that we haven't yet seen. And I think the way that it was written, I took it was not yet seen in the in the MCU in the in and you know that could support kingpin because he's kind of MCU adjacent or is he but like that it would be someone that we've not had on screen before in any type of MCU adjacent or otherwise and then be done with him in two episodes like build him up build him up make it a really big deal and then it's all paid off in two hours worth of storytelling time it probably would make more sense if it was holy shit sharon is this double agent she's been deceiving us the whole time whether or not they redeem her in two hours time or she goes to jail and is slowly redeemed in the future or something but uh because I, I have absolutely no idea who this marvel character mitchell be. Getting- where were you like five hours ago when i needed you i got Rick rolled so bad earlier today. I opened up my phone. I was just waiting for some stuff at work. I had 10 minutes to kill. 
So I've opened up the YouTube app on my phone and the very, very first thing that was on like my feed was Marvel Studios, The Falcon and Winter Soldier, Episode 5 promo trailer, which it was. I watched it quite enjoyable. The assholes, screen culture, I'm going to name and shame them. How dare you? The photo that they use for the video, I'll show it to you guys here, was a picture of the actress who plays Shuri in civilian clothes leading up against a tree. So my dumbass thought, oh my god, Shuri's going to be the extra special character that's introduced in episode five, because (laughs) I didn't know that little bit of extra information about that it's someone who's not been seen on screen before. So I just innocently opened up YouTube, thought I was completely spoiled for episode five, and went, well, I'm spoiled anyway. I may as well watch the the promo to find no Shuri in the promo whatsoever. (sighs) It's been a long time. (laughs) I'm still not over it. Again, it's all up for interpretation, I think, as to which outlet media is writing the story, whether it's oh, it's someone we haven't seen yet, it's someone we haven't seen on television yet, it's someone we haven't seen in live action yet. It's like it could be any of those things. So I've just got no one who I think that it could be. So at the moment, it's like, oh, it's either going to be Sharon or it's not. And if it's not, I have no idea who it is. So I'm kind of not thinking too much about that. I think I'm just still stuck on that, the way that it ended last week with John Walker and like, again, how dare you do that with that shield and that symbol, you arsehole. So mm. it's going to be a big two weeks. I think I think the next two, episode four got me excited. The first three, like we said, we're a bit all over the place as far as pacing and trying to rush things. And episode four overall, you know, 5% of it, maybe not, but overall was a big fix for that. And if that's the way they're going to handle the next two episodes, then I think we're going to finish on a much higher note than what we started. Not that I hated where we started, but it didn't get me as excited as what I was hoping I was going mm. to going into this show. It it does make me wonder if it had aired the way it was supposed to originally and we got Falcon Winter Soldier before WandaVision. Mm. I wonder if we'd be... Because obviously they're both shows about two characters from the films, but it's WandaVision was so character-based and so interpersonal relationship-driven we were kind of spoiled with how good that was. And mm. then so it's like we're kind of wanting that that fix with Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I wonder if it had come first, we'd be more like, yeah, this totally feels like the Winter Soldier movie and Civil War, this is all great. And then, you know, have um, WandaVision to come. I wonder if it'd, it'd be thought of differently. But at the moment, yeah, I think it's it's definitely had a rocky start. And it's... I'm not... Like, ah, at, when the credits roll, like I was in WandaVision. Though I feel like mm. WandaVision was probably more designed that way. They were leaning into the TV aspect of the cliffhanger, whereas yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier isn't as much. But uh, I'm still enjoying it. I, I honestly think they've just bitten off too much with the amount of storylines that are happening. Because, like, even when I listed off all of those before, I didn't even mention the power broker and, like, who that could be or Sharon or, like, mm. any of that side of things. It's just, like... You've got two more episodes to kind of attempt to put some sort of closure on all of these different plot points. I just don't know how they're going to do it. And I think, did you say that this is just like a, a one series type thing? Like a one season? Uh, they confirmed that WandaVision will just be a, basically one and done because they can't really revisit Westview again. Yeah. And yeah, my theory is, and I think I did see a video, a video with Sebastian Stan saying, oh, look, we haven't talked about a season two. 
But personally, I think because I think by the end of the series, by end of episode six, they're not going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier anymore. They're going to be Captain America and the White Wolf. So you yeah. can't. We can't have a season two titled Falcon and Winter Soldier. If having said if it pans out that way, yeah. Having said that, with uh, Falcon becoming Captain America, there there was like a bit of a tease, and I I think it's going to go in this direction. But do you think he's going to end up taking some sort of like the super soldier serum or like, do you think he'll go down that path? I kind of hope so in a way I've never felt, even when it was John Walker, like I just don't feel comfortable with the idea of just a regular old human having the shield. Like, and I mean, obviously John Walker did show us in episode one or episode two, he he's able to do all the cool things Cap was able to do the ricocheting off, you know, all these different areas stuff and get the shield back and all that kind of thing without superpowers. But I don't know, it's comic books. I like people with superpowers. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, and given that they, they did establish that this new power, bro- this the power brokers super soldier serum doesn't alter you the way Steve was yeah. altered from the little scrawny guy to the big buff Chris Evans. Like all these people have stayed the same. They, they called that like a side effect. Like looking like Chris Evans is a side effect. How dare you? <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, right. If that's a side effect, sign me up. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I think I would like to see that. And obviously it would also put him on a little bit more of an equal footing with Bucky as well in terms of, yeah. you know, their their buddy cop, you know, slapping each other about kind of kind of thing. I hope so. But yeah, I don't know. Is, is it, Again, is it too much? Like he's he's spending all this time struggling just to accept the shield. I feel like you'd need another two episodes just to get him to come to terms with actually taking the serum. I as think well. he's gonna. I think he's gonna get forced into it because he said that like Ooh. somebody asked him like, "Would you take it?" and he was like, "No, I wouldn't." And I was like, mm, "I get the feeling you're gonna have to." And I think it's gonna come back to what you were talking about with the sister and the boat and the fact that the sister has already been contacted. Yeah, and there's kind of been brought into that world. I think there's gonna be something happening with her, and he's gonna have to take the shield and, you know, step up and I think he's going to get forced into it. Were you ever offered it? What? The serum. No. If you had been, hypothetically that is, would you have taken it? No. No hesitation. That's impressive. I wonder, I wonder if like, I mean, obviously I think within the first 10 minutes of episode five, not having seen it yet, like John Walker's gonna get his ass kicked by those two and lose oh, the yeah. shield. So I almost wonder if maybe like the climax of season six would be like John Walker coming back, throwing a little bottle of serum at Sam's feet and going, Take that and we're gonna settle this once and for all, who gets the shield? And Sam will be like, Fuck off, mate, I've already won. And then and then John Walker's gonna be like, Surprise, Shorty, I've got your family. Yeah. Do it or I kill him. I like that. I like that him being forced into it. I like it. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking of that too. Like, how how evil does he get? Like, he's done a bad thing. At the moment, he's not like a villain. He's done a very bad thing, and it's like, mm. well, what what next? What do you become? And you know, I know that in the like, he was Captain America, and then he goes and becomes U.S. agent, right? In uh, in mm. source material, like, I kind of want him to follow that path. So it's like, again, it's like keeping the bad guy alive. Whereas this, it's like keeping the bad version of a good guy alive like have him go off and become a different version of himself and take on a different moniker and even if we never hear from him again but at least he's still out there just in case you know like any bad guy keep them alive 
just in case. We didn't see Zemo for six movies, but all of a sudden it's like, yeah. we can use that guy no, on a I, TV show. Let's bring him back. I definitely want him alive by the end. Yeah, so um, I, I, I kind of hope that he doesn't take some kind of really truly villainous act like that because then I'm like, no, you're done. You're sort of irredeemable. You know, the, sure, the serum sends you crazy a little bit. It amplifies what you really are, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want him doing that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, how else do we transition so easily, especially in two episodes when we've got to stop the bad guys and find out who this power broker is and then eventually get the shield into the right hands without something monumental sort of happening to whether it is force the government to hand it back or for Bucky and Sam to go, no, line in the sand here. We're taking this and be oh, a Captain America version. Yeah, just be 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 like kind of what Cap would do is, hey, I don't work for you, but I will do the things that I think need to be done. And, you know, again, does this play into the, the Sokovia Accords? Like how, how much longer do they exist for what at what at what level do they even exist at the moment we haven't really heard too much about them like john walker mm. was an enhanced at this point he's not an avenger he's a government agent wearing a former avengers outfit and all that but uh, you know now that he's enhanced does he now fall under the sokovia Accords? so how does that come into play mm. and how much longer are they going to be a thing because we're going to start getting a lot more characters coming our way whether you're talking fantastic four and x-men and all things in between and other little people that i've never heard of but you know comic book lovers would and are we still going to be dragged back to hey remember the 11th film in the franchise back in 2015 and then 2016 well we're still adhering to those rules it's like i think we're gonna to have to lose that at some point so yeah. whether this is the long version of of getting rid of that i don't know but um yeah. i just had an idea what if mm. what if the way sam gets his powers is like he's injured or something out in the field and Bucky has to give him a blood transfusion Ooh. and they become oh, blood brothers. Shit. And then it's like, he gets <laughs> like powers from the blood. Cause I, I, I mean, I don't know if that yeah. happens. Like, I don't know if Steve's ever like donated blood or anything like that, but I'm like, obviously it's been established that it can be passed down because we got introduced to, um, what was his name? Isaiah. Who was the old yeah, guy? Isaiah Bradley. That we yep. Isaiah Bradley. We got introduced to him and his grandson is going to be Patriot who also has super soldier powers essentially um because he's going to be one of the young avengers or he is one of the young avengers so yeah so i wonder if like bucky gives him a blood transfusion and then it's like that's their bond their bond is like mm, we don't need steve we share blood you're just fueling the fanfics <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he uses his his steve line on sam as he's giving his blood transfusion he goes i'm with you to the end of the line it's like oh they're yeah. new best friends the only thing i have with no that is, is no no bucky's bucky has a metal left arm so he can only <laughs> give blood from his right arm so he's gonna walk up to sam give blood, and be like on your left Oh, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, um... <laughs> oh that oh what that writing you don't like too that's too far that's one step too far yeah <laughs> it's jumping the shark no my my favorite thing i saw this week online was um because i was talking about it i think in our group chat and maybe in the last episode about how like all the like sebastian stan like simps have all just come out of the woodwork all oh these yeah, women yeah just like simping over Sebastian Stan and I said it was one of the things I said is I think it's because Supernatural's finished and they've got no one to write fan fiction about anymore <laughs> yeah and my favorite thing I saw is someone said do you think the reason all like the Supernatural fanfic girls are going over Sebastian's going nuts over Sebastian Stan so much 
is because he looks like all three of the main characters from Supernatural combined. <laughs> and I was just like... Mind blown. <laughs> Sadly, it's probably very true. <laughs> he totally does. He totally does. Well, I'd say I want to put you, but I also want to put myself out of my own misery and your misery. I, again, I've got a, another screen to my right where I'm looking at episode five. It's ready to go. So uh, let's go off. Let's go watch it or at least free ourselves Hercules, to do Hercules, so. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> That's episode 202 of Marvel TV phase two on Get Into Geek. We'll be back on our next podcast. Uh, look, hey, depending on how big episode five is, we might have to come back and do a penultimate episode podcast. Ooh. Otherwise, we will definitely be back to review the finale episodes of the falcon and the winter soldier and see which one of our theories plays out and hey let's see which one of these bad guys we start to feel sorry for whether it's the flag smashers or whether it's uh, john walker or sharon carter breaks bad and we end up redeeming her as well so there's a lot to cover in these next two episodes thank god they're getting longer and longer as they go along because we goddamn need it so uh yeah on our next podcast until then you can check out episode one if you missed it on our podcasting channels or you can uh, catch us on the socials at get into geek otherwise i'm mitch underscore lewis on twitter and instagram where you at maddie at high pitch maddie and emma which one are you plugging this week uh same old uh we explorers go watch my travel shit hey i started following it i started hey. following nice. it cool yeah nice. you're out there living a life and i'm Sitting at home watching TV, so woo! <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. I'm living my best life here, yeah, just, really? you know, eating chips and stuff. So it's all. It's I all just good. upgraded from a 40 inch TV to a 65 inch TV. So Ooh. there's a lot of TV watching going on in my house this week. Oh, mate. I'm, I'm jealous for you, and I've had that TV for years, but just, just the experience. Oh, you've got the curved upgraded. version it's, it's as well. Cool. Oh, mate. Oh, look, I wasn't here to brag, all right? But uh, I'm going to go and watch He's Falcon. done all right for himself. He's done yeah. all right. Ah, <laughs> right. oh, shut up and let's go watch some TV. We'll see you next podcast. Get into Geek.